Hi again, everybody. Bill Owen, Mike Side, and I think we're going to have fun today with this podcast. Just about everybody can relate to them. Comedy teams, radio, stage, television, films. Oh, so many come to mind. I'm sure right away you think of comedy teams. There are two or three that will hit you right away. You probably think of Abbott Costello, Laurel and Hardy. Three Stooges, Mark's brother. Well, we'll be talking about all of them and many, many more. So, let's go. We'll start off with the great team of Laurel and Hardy. Oh, they were wonderful. Arthur Stanley Jefferson was his real name. Stan Laurel, born in England, way back in 1890, the year my father was born. Alverston, England. He came over to the United States. He was in movies as a young man with uh, with Oliver Hardy, Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> what a contrast! Slim little Stan Laurel and big heavy Oliver Hardy, and they played such interesting characters. Laurel was he's always the dim-witted one, and and Hardy, his buddy, was always frustrated. <laughs> They made a great team, and so many feature films like Blockheads, The Flying Deuces, uh, uh, Chump at Oxford, Saps at Sea. Oliver Hardy had been a football player earlier, played for the University of Georgia and the Bulldogs. And later he worked as a movie projectionist in a theater. He was inspired to become an actor as he sat there as a projectionist. He said to himself, yeah, I can do better than those actors. It turned out he was right. So, uh, between the years of 1926 and 1957, Laurel and Hardy thrived 107 films, think of that, including those shorts and cameo roles. We mentioned some of the great feature films like Blockheads, A Chump at Oxford. Laurel and Hardy, oh, what a, what a pair. Entertaining always to this day, they bring the laughter. Oh, another favorite, the Marx Brothers. A lot of people didn't like the Marx Brothers. They thought they were a little too over the top, but you talk about talent. What a family. My goodness. Chico is actually, Chico is what Groucho has called him, but most people say Chico. He played the piano, comedy piano, with his little pinky at doing so much of the work. He was he was a great entertainer. Played the little Italian character with a thick accent. There was Adolf, who later was changed his name to Arthur for obvious reasons because of the notoriety of Hitler. He didn't want that name. So that was that was Harpo, who never talked in the movies, with one exception. Yeah, in in uh, one movie called At the Circus, he actually says, well, it's sort of a word, he sneezes. So he says, ah-choo. Other than that, he was silent, except for playing his little horn. Uh, and then, the, of course, I would say the top star of that group would have been Julius, who we know as Groucho. And he was a musician also, played the guitar. And he used to sing in a falsetto voice. And 
There was another brother named Milton, but he didn't like being on stage. He tried it. He decided he'd be a theatrical agent. And then some of the old-timers may remember the other one was Herbert, better known as Zeppo, who played a straight man as well as a vocalist. Oh, so many legendary films they made. The Coconuts, Animal Crackers, Monkey Business, Horse Feathers, Duck Soup, Night at the Opera. We mentioned that, the circus, and there was the big store. Now, Groucho had a separate career later on after the act broke up, and he was uh, he was on both radio and television with, uh, hosting a show called You Bet Your Life. It was an interview show with some quiz questions thrown in. He would just interview people, and he was very quick-witted, obviously. George Fenneman was the announcer who always introduced the guests. The Marx Brothers and their famous mother, Minnie. How about the Ritz Brothers? They're kind of obscure now, looking back, aren't they? But in the 30s, they were very, very popular. There was Jimmy and Harry and Al and the manager, George. So kind of paralleling the, the Marx Brothers, but never quite as big. Olson and Johnson. Ole Olson, who played the violin, and Chick Johnson played ragtime piano. And they were most famous for a stage production, which was later a film, called Hell's a Poppin'. And uh, later on, Olson used to fill in on Don McNeil's The Breakfast Club. He'd fill in as the MC. Olson and Johnson. <laughs> Who could forget the Three Stooges? Oh, he talked about slapstick. That act originated with a man named Ted Healy. It was Ted Healy and his Stooges played various vaudeville uh, locations. Ted with Mo Howard was his first partner. And then uh, his brother Shemp came along. And that was, those were the origins of the, the Three Stooges. Later on, Larry Fine joined the act. And the third Howard brother, Curly, of course, was bald. So, uh, the trio that most of us remember would have been Moe and Curly and, and Larry Fine. Uh, later, you had uh, Joe Palma. There was Joe Besser, Joe Dorita, a lot of Joes. Altogether, there were 190 short films, short subjects, we called them, back in the 30s. And there they were. Larry, Curly, and Moe. Oh, memorable, memorable people. There were, there were a few others besides the uh, ones we mentioned that played uh, particularly on stage, but a few films. So it's not easy to list all the, all the Three Stooges, but primarily, as we say, Curly, Larry, and Moe. Uh, there's another great comedy team, Burns and Allen. George, who wrote the script, and uh, he played the straight man. Originally, he wanted to get the laughs, but he found that his wife, real-life wife, Gracie, uh, got the laugh, so so he became straight man, and she got all the yucks. She played an addle-headed woman. And uh, remember, she ran for president one time. Well, not seriously, but she used to... 
show up in various venues and she was it was Gracie Allen for president inanity that was Gracie she was such a beloved person great great people Abbott and Costello they started out in a not a very memorable film called One Night in the Tropics back in 1940. Shortly after, the following year, they were in Buck Privates. I remember seeing that when they first came out. My dad asked me, what would you think of them? I said, I think they're trying to copy Laurel and Hardy. But they went on to a spectacular career, of course. Besides Buck Privates, they were in the Navy and keep them flying. They came out of burlesque originally, and then they were on radio for a while. The Kate Smith Hour in 1938 made their radio debut. Uh, had their own radio show later on. Of course, they're most famous for that Who's On First routine. That started in, uh, in March of 1938, and they utilized that routine time and again. Of course, in this case, Costello was the dimwit. Abbott played it straight. I remember one sequence where uh, Lou was trying to prove that he was strong, and he says, ah, I can tear up this New York City phone book. Watch. And he goes, <laughs> okay, now for the next page. <laughs> oh, the beloved Lou Costello. Who else comes to mind, you think, of comedy team? Well, Martin and Lewis. He started out in Atlantic City's 500 Club in 1946. Dean Martin, you all remember, was a great singer, popular song, a lot of big hits. And Jerry did his uh, slapstick comedy. And from radio, Fibber McGee and Molly, Jim and Marion Jordan, real-life couple, husband and wife out of Peoria, Illinois. One of the few shows that they, they featured the uh, scriptwriter was... Don Quinn, they always gave him credit. Harlow Wilcox was their famous announcer for Johnson's Wax. Uh, and that was famous for being uh, the first commercial to be integrated in the radio show. In other words, in the middle of the script, he would run into his announcer, Harlow Wilcox, and Harlow would lead the conversation over to uh, how great Johnson's Wax was. And uh, the radio show ran from 1935 to 1956. Well, maybe the most famous of all, Amos and Andy. Freeman Gosden as Amos and Kingfish Stevens and Charles Carell playing Andy. Originally, they, they played all the parts, even females, there were white men playing black characters, and that led to a little social unease. And eventually they, they left the air, and when they went to television, they were replaced by black performers. I remember the Campbell Soup sponsored the show back in the, the early days. Started out way back in 1926 with announcer Bill Hay. He used to always say, very simply, here they are. Amos and Andy. Started out actually as uh, characters Sam and Henry, not Amos and Andy, but Sam and Henry on WGN Chicago, which stands for the world's greatest newspaper, Chicago Tribune. 
back in 1926, WGN had the name copyrighted. So when uh, when they left the, the station, they could not use the names Sam and Henry, so they came up with Amos and Andy. A couple of memorable moments. I remember uh, uh, backing up the car scene where Andy was backing up the car and he kept saying, how am I doing, Amos? And he says, keep going, keep going, keep up, keep. And all of a sudden, a tremendous crash followed by, whoa, Andy. That's <laughs> all he had to say, whoa, Andy, to get the laughs. And another time, they were in the house wrecking business. And one of them called the other and said, uh, did you finish up tearing down that house at 222 Ball Street? And he said, 222 Ball Street? Tear down the house? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Wrong house. Wheeler and Woolsey. Who remembers them? Bert Wheeler. And the, and Robert Woolsey. Woolsey was the one that wore glasses. He played a very obtuse character. They were in movies such as Rio Rita and the Cuckoos. Well, there's many more to come to mind. Lum and Abner, Two Black Crows, Moran and Mac, the Smothers Brothers, Alan and Rossi. How about Gaxton and Moore, Billy Gaxton and Victor Moore, Van and Skeg, Weber and Fields, Smith and Dale, Rowan and Martin, remember them? Dan Rowan, the state man, and Dick Martin, rather slow-witted. Gallagher and Sheen, Ed Gallagher and Al Sheen. Al was the uncle of the Marx Brothers, small world. Stiller and Muir, Durante and Moore, which was Jimmy Durante and Gary Moore. And there's also a trio of Clayton, Jackson, and Durante. Lou Clayton, Eddie Jackson, and Jimmy Durante. Remember his famous theme song, Inka Dinka Doo, Inka Dinka Doo. And his uh, sign-off, Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. People wondered what that meant. It turned out it really didn't mean anything, just a gimmick, but people thought there was some mysterious message there. I remember one time he said, I haven't slept for days and days. It's a good thing I sleep at night. And how about, I'm ready for Broadway, but is Broadway ready for me? The beloved Jimmy Durante. You mentioned Lum and Abner. Chester Locke was Lum. Norris Goff was Abner. They were former University of Arkansas students. And in their radio show, they ran the Jot'em Down store in a fictitious town called Pine Ridge. But the show was so popular that Waters, Arkansas, changed its name in honor of the show to Pine Ridge. Bob and Ray, Bob Elliott, Ray Goulding, satirist notable of uh, the radio soap opera, One Man's Family, which they called One Feller's Family. They worked out of WHDH in Boston. Bob was a disc jockey and Ray a newscaster, but they used to they used to horse around when they had Red Sox rainouts and and the audiences loved it, so they went on to a tremendous national career. Oh, before we forget, how about Stoop, Nagle, and Bud? Wilbur Bud, spelled B-U-D-D, Bud Hulick, and Frederick Chase Taylor as Colonel Lemuel Q. Stoop, Nagle. Now, we might even think of Jack Benny and his wife Mary Livingston as a comedy team, as well as Fred Allen and his wife, 
Portland Hoffa. There was also television Sid Caesar and Imogene Koga, but they were not married to each other. And speaking of Fred Allen, he once remarked, a very cynical, wonderful, dry sense of humor, he used to say, he, he, uh, you could almost imitate him by pinching your nose. And he had that distinct sound. You can take all the sincerity in Hollywood and put it in a flea's navel and have room left over for three caraway seeds and an agent's heart. Fred Allen. We could also consider ventriloquist Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy as a team. Although, of course, Charlie was only a dummy made of white pine with, with his famous top hat and a monocle over his right eye. And then there was ventriloquist Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou, but Betty Lou was only a girl's voice. There was no dummy for Betty Lou. Well, that covers quite a wide range, doesn't it, the comedy teams. Hope it brought back a few memories. This is Bill Owen signing off. Until next time.